Rookie Fever, the show that looks closely at NFL rookie values all year long. The Rookie Fever Podcast. We just having fun and we working, baby. That's it, baby. They come. And welcome to the Rookie Fever Podcast. I am Mike the Fevers Frenero, and I have a very special guest lined up for us tonight. He helped me bring Xavier Hutchison to you all back in February. That special guest is Jason DiRienzo, Scouting Academy grad, Debbie to Dynasty co-host and friend of the Rookie Fever Podcast. Hope I can say that. You can, find, you, can. <laughs> you can find him on Twitter at All Purpose Scout. Jason, how the heck are you? I am doing fantastic. Man, you and I have been trying to get on and get the second one done. And Mike, I am so glad that we have the opportunity to talk tonight and uh, talk about one of my, oh, you know what? I'm going to save it, but nice. uh, I'm going a different route with the position. I guess that was Ooh. what I was trying to get to. Yeah. And you I know love how it. I like my receivers. Yes, you do. You love them. And we got a chance to talk about a wide receiver. This particular player hadn't declared yet when you and I had lined up. So yeah. we wound up pushing him off a little bit. Now everybody's talking about him. We get our chance tonight. So I'm looking forward to that. Jason, are you ready to roll into this? Oh, let's do it, man. Rookie fevers. Rookie player profile edition. All right, you got to pick almost any rookie. This was your first choice, Almost. I believe. I believe. Was, I believe it was. Yeah, I believe it was yeah. before Xavier Hutchinson was this player. Tell our listeners who this is and why you picked him. More importantly, yeah. So my guy that I'm going to talk about tonight is. TCU running back Kendra Miller. And one of the reasons why I want to choose him is just because, you know, I feel like sometimes like the Garrett Wilson's and Elijah Moore's I've done in the past, like I, I want to go a different route this year. I want to talk about guys that maybe aren't, you know, those high profile brand names that everybody knows about. And, uh, you know, we don't really have a ton of information on Kendra Miller, which makes it even more interesting as far as the evaluation process and the film that I've been watching. So I chose him just because I get a chance to talk about about him organically without any really testing numbers to go off of. And this is purely film-based. I love that. And, and I love it for a couple different reasons. I don't have to watch all that film. I get to talk to you. <laughs> so that's one reason I love there you it. Go. <laughs> and the other one is this is a player that intrigues me. And I will get into why as we get along here. In 2021, he shared the backfield with five-star recruit Zach Evans, mm -hmm. who put up 92 carries for 648 yards and five touchdowns in that shared role. That said, Miller's footprint was large enough that Evans transferred to Ole Miss in 2022, leaving Miller at the top dog in TCU's RB room. Miller never looked back at massing 216 carries for 1,342 yards and 17 touchdowns while helping his team reach the college football playoffs. He didn't play, though. That was oh. That was, that was the game I needed too much. Yeah, that was that, against that, Georgia. That, that would have told that would have told me a lot. That was but, a uh, yeah, that was yeah. that hurt. That did hurt. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so usually when we have um, a profile pop like this on one year, the the common question is, well, what about the other years? Like, you know, um, is he? Uh, one hit wonder. Uh, recently, we, we've seen running backs with this profile with one year be just fine, to be quite honest, in the NFL. So, yeah, it's been um, happening more and more. Yep. I was going to say, yeah, definitely more and more. No names are coming right to the top, but Walker, Kenneth Walker. Kenneth Walker, one, right? I, I believe maybe even Clyde Edwards Hilaire. Yeah, uh, I think he, yeah, you know, he absolutely he had that was. One year where yep. he really popped off. Um, yeah, I mean, off the top of my head, I can't really think of enough, but I know there are some for sure. And, and I mean, in particular, recently. Yeah. 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 
if you yeah, had to, you, you mentioned that he wasn't at the top and we, we know he's not Bijan. So just curious, just um, what you mean by that? Where, where approximately in this class do you have him ranked? And we don't need a hard number, just a, like a, a general range uh, no, in the RB he, class. He's definitely within my top five. Um, okay. I believe, I believe he's either four or five for me. Nice. Yeah. Very good. I was just looking at DLF back when we, uh, back when we were going to do his profile in early February, they had him as their RB seven. Wow. Okay. Current currently he's RB five. Interesting. Yep. All right. Yep. Yeah. I mean, I and honestly, I understand it. Yeah. And and the rank and the rankings are funny too because uh, Bijan Robinson and Jameer Gibbs stayed exactly the same. Charbonnet hopped. It. Charbonnet hopped, and Zach yeah. Evans fell hard. Um, yeah, and I can understand that one too. Yeah, they're they're the they're the they're the biggest movers going from seven to five, and um, and and what I'll say about that is um, the NFL draft could flip flop them in 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 a, in a heartbeat. Um, For sure, draft capital yeah. is going to yep. tell us the entire exactly. story of how they're valued. Yeah, when yep. you get down into that range, that's that's kind of what happens. And we'll we'll get to draft capital, suspicion of draft capital, and all that in just a minute. Let's talk about his size. This is one of the reasons I like him. This is like one of my favorite. This 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 size in particular. When they get real real big, I start to get a little concerned. It's this this five yeah. eleven. Maybe even six foot, 215, 220 area. He's 5'11, 215. Came in right. a little shorter and lighter um, than, okay. than, than maybe some would have thought, but I like that size. What do you think of that yeah, size like and the, how does it show yeah, up on tape? Like the prime size. It is. Right? Right? I think when I originally <laughs> did his profile for Debbie Watch, it was like around Thanksgiving, Christmas time, and it was like six foot, 220. He came mm-hmm. in at 5'11, 215. And I'm thinking to myself, I'm like, you know what? That's that's the size that I have found is like the average for your next level NFL running back. That could be a three down back as long as they have the skill set. So I was like, perfect. You know, as long as he didn't come in something drastic under that six foot and 220, right. where he's like maybe 204 and like five. 10 i'm like man 511 215 check that box i'm i'm all about it so it does it seems like a sweet spot doesn't it yeah absolutely this is so fun talking running backs with you i'm so used to talking about the it's a change of pace huh (laughs) (laughs) that's awesome um this is always brought up in these running back profiles and i know it's impossible to to really but i brought it up for him in a particular reason for a particular reason pass pro is always a is a big deal with early opportunities any insight on his ability or willingness to protect the qb and pick up the blitz so I think the willingness is there. It's just the technique, the actual understanding of identifying the pursuit angles of the fenders coming into the pocket. I, I think he's got a long way to go. But I will say this, and I'm going to kind of go back in time a little bit. So when he was coming out as a recruit, he was a three-star recruit back in the mm-hmm. 2020 class. He was an athlete. He actually played quarterback in high school. So he had tremendous amount of production. I think 30-plus uh, touchdowns on the ground and a couple thousand yards rushing as a quarterback. The reason why I bring this up and I feel the same way about Roshan Johnson is there's upside, right? Is untapped potential because he's still learning. And I think when you asked the question at the beginning, when we first got started with this podcast, you know, why did it take him so long to get to this point? Well, one, he's still learning, right? He was mm-hmm. never really a solidified running back, never understood the nuance of how to be a running back. He just knew how to run with the ball in his hands and do it to the best of his ability based on his athleticism and see 
seeing uh, the path that he can create for himself on the field as a running quarterback. So Roshan Johnson, kind of the same way. Uh, I think the difference for me and why I'm so intrigued by Kendra Miller is I think the vision is actually much mm-hmm. better than Roshan Johnson. And that to me, if he already has some vision, but there's still, still some areas of his game he needs to tweak, that means we haven't even seen the best of Kendra Miller. And he just had a substantial productive season for TCU, getting, helping them. I, I honestly think, I mean, I love Max Dugan. I thought he was a tremendous competitor, but Kendrick Miller, I feel like was one of the main reasons that they got to where they were in that national championship. And unfortunately, he did not get a chance to play. I think there's so much more an NFL team can get out of him, which is why I find him so intriguing. Yeah, Vision, I, I, I just now came up with kind of how I feel about vision. The way I've always felt about vision is like, it's one of those, like, I want to say God given, but it tends to be like this sixth sense almost when I see it. Yeah. It's just like, wow, this, this guy just kind of sees before it comes. I now just came up with like, it's almost like um, a computer CPU or processing chip, right? Like it's almost as if he sees stuff a little quicker than a slow processor would and yeah. is able to see stuff as it's happening. And I know so much more is involved, but it's it's it, that's also the hardest thing to replace in a computer, which is why I just came up with that analogy. It's just like, you know, no, you, can, mean, you can increase the I, RAM, I you can increase the, the drive size. But the one thing that just that really stands out is when when anybody that I know watches film and says, I just the vision. That's what I like about this guy's his vision. Yeah. And honestly, I think that's a great way to put it because it is it's processing. Right. I mean, it's how they mentally process what they're seeing in order to identify which gaps to go, which lanes to take, you know, pro- providing themselves an internal blueprint of where they want to be. It's almost like the movie, The Matrix, where you hear the game kind of slows down for players. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, that's exactly what kind of happens. They the game kind of slows down to the point where they kind of know where a person's going to be because they have the understanding of the defense. And I think his vision's good enough that he's able to shift with you know minor footwork. I don't think he has the agility to really sink his hips, but it's very subtle footwork that he does in order to kind of shift his way around and elude defenders. And that portion of it for him to still be, you know, learning the game, I think that's tremendous because it's almost like a uh, it's almost like an artist with a clean, mm-hmm. you know, clean palette or whatever you whatever you call those things. It's like, there's so much to work with. Sure. You know what I mean? And he's got so much to work with that the potential's there for him to be much better in the NFL, I think, than he was in college even. Had a similar conversation with Dynasty Rich about Dalton Kincaid, who just started oh, yes. playing, just yep. started playing football in his senior year I think high that's school, a great way. which is yeah, so Dalton rare, Kincaid's right? Good example. And I think that's what what NFL teams, that's what fantasy managers get a little excited about. It's like, well, he's this good, and he hasn't really even played as long as everybody else. So, like, there's still more learning to be done. So, right. Exciting. Yeah, I mean, sure. Zach Evans left, right? Yeah. Zach Evans could have been the guy there, you know, but he he took off. And it's one thing if a five-star recruit takes off and then the backups are just average or mm-hmm. at least above average. He, he blew it out of the water. You know what I mean? And that, that's saying a lot. And, you know, the question still remains, you know, and I try to I try to kind of paint that picture of maybe why he didn't get so much opportunity. But when you look at his stats, I mean, he was still averaging well above six yards a carry. I mean, he was mm-hmm. in the sevens per, per carry, you know, early on in his career even. I mean, it, it's pretty impressive the body of work that he was able to accomplish, you know, even sharing the backfield with what some thought was going to be a top five running back in this class in Zach Evans. What kind of draft capital do you think the NFL will put 
put in this player? You know, it's really hard right now because at this point in time, a lot of you know, the combine will kind of tell us a lot about a player. We don't have that. Yep. He, you know, he's still recovering from his injury, which is why he didn't get to play in the national championship. And uh, we don't have a lot of numbers on him, you know, but as much as I believe that he has, you know, probably like mid four, four to four five speed, which is good. I think the 10 yard split, his acceleration is where it really labels him with that initial burst. Um, I think NFL teams are going to really covet a guy who has the tenacity contact balance and just the willpower to gain as many yards after contact as absolutely possible. He does that with a spin move. He does that with a stiff arm. And I think teams are going to love that about him. The part I'm not sure about is the limited role as a pass catcher, which I do think that if you provide him the opportunity, he can be a substantial pass catcher. You know, we're kind of, we're going to witness that with the, uh, you know, with the walkers and, you know, even Laguerre blunts and those guys who didn't have a lot of opportunity in college doesn't mean that they're not going to have that opportunity and be fine in the NFL. And I think Miller will be fine. Um, it's the pass blocking that I don't know how much NFL teams are going to value the fact that he still has a lot to learn there. But man, I could say that about a lot of the running backs in this class too. So that's, that's for me, and I talked to Brandon about this, Brandon and I did a breakdown on him, I think back in Thanksgiving timeframe, you know, I, I see like the late third, early fourth range for a guy with his particular skill set, because one, he's got the size. He's got the production and there's so much room, like I said, to work with. I think NFL teams identify that, you know, they, he, they can do a lot with what his foundation provides. Let me give you a landing spot reaction then because you kind of nailed it. So um, he goes the first pick in the fourth round to your Chicago bears at one Oh three overall. This is in Chad Reuter's four round mock that he just published three days ago. Bijan went in the first Gibbs went in the second Spears, Charbonnet, Evans, Chase Brown. And I'm going to slaughter this name. Israel. Yeah, that guy. Um, all, (laughs) all go before Kendra Miller. I want to know what do you think about that landing spot in Chicago and the draft capital as the first pick in the fourth round? Yeah, I think that's a great spot. As a matter of fact, Brandon and I did a mock draft not too long ago, and he even gave gave me an opening to take Kendra Miller. And I didn't I didn't take it because I didn't see it, you know, because how Brandon has, you know, the rankings and everything on a different <laughs> sheet. And I was like, crap. But I like it, man. I think you team him up with Khalil Herbert. They already have Deontay Foreman on the roster right now. Uh, th- that's the kind of mold that I think that, you know, Ryan Poles and Matt Ibrafus are really looking for is that tenacious, not angry runner, but the contact balance man being able to gain as many yards after contact as absolutely possible and that's where he comes into play it's a pass catching role i'm not too sure about again um but you know what i don't think that really matters i he he's a bears type of quarterback so i like that especially that's that's where you take a running back also that fourth fifth round fifth round range and that's somewhere where the bears took jordan howards and that's Mm -hmm. where you find a lot of value I, i like that pick i think that's good now, you mentioned, um, I guess, some concerns with the passing game. Uh, I remember hearing the same thing about Kenneth Walker. I'm not comparing him to Kenneth Walker, but I remember hearing the same thing with a lot of running backs, to be quite honest, that don't have like 40, 40 catches and uh, or, or run route trees. Or, you know, there, there seems to be pretty high standards for uh, those who play fantasy football for pass catchers. Do you have any other concerns um, other than the pass catching with Kendra Miller? You know, it. it it's tough because he doesn't necessarily have that agility that I really look for. You know, Brendan and I just got done doing a Jace McClellan film and Jace McClellan can really sink his hips, plant his foot and cut laterally with very fluid, organic movement. 
You know what I mean? And it just kind of explode out of that step. I don't see that with Kendra Miller. It's more subtle footwork, but I can't say that that's a knock because it's just not how he plays. That's not how he wins. He doesn't need to sink his hips. He, he, he runs so with such momentum and velocity that even the subtle footwork will work for him. And I've seen him really shake and bake defenders running at full speed into the second level and just making a subtle quick you know, gesture even and throwing them off and his elusiveness. I mean, I think he was rated by PFF as like his elusive rating was like 124, which hmm. is fantastic. I think he was like top 10 or even 11 in college football last year wow. in elusive rating. So it's not even the fact that he needs to be that, that hip sinker mm-hmm. and have the ankle flexion. He knows exactly how to elude with what his skill set is. So I can't even say that's a knock. And I've heard that knock on him previously. Um, I just think it's the, uh, I think it's the overall nuance of being a running back, you know, at sure. the next level playing against NFL defenders, it, you know, being at TCU, you don't really get a chance to see a lot of the disguises and the defenders that are going to be pursuing as much as he sees right now. And that's where I think he's more of the guy who will start as a depth guy. But, you know, the injury to a veteran happens. He'll be able to fill in. And I think he needs that experience on the field, too. So I, I don't think he's a immediate starter. I think he'll be that year two, three guy, almost maybe like Alexander Madison with Dalvin Cook, where if Dalvin goes down, Alexander Madison can come in and kind of fill that role and does a, you know, a pretty solid job doing it. That's exactly how I see Kendra Miller. It's almost like a Cleo Herbert situation, yeah, right? Absolutely. Like Cleo Herbert, like yep. sat behind Montgomery. And then as soon as he got a chance, everyone's just like woke up and went, whoa, this guy can play. Exactly. You know, and a lot of times we don't get to see these guys until opportunity is, is available for them, you know, and, and that that's that's OK. I think he is the type of guy that doesn't need to be put in right away. And that's where I'm fine with later draft capital, because that means there's not going to be as much pressure on him and he can learn and he can advance in his game. That way, when the opportunity does come around, he's ready. And he knows exactly what he needs to do. He's been able to get into the playbook, understand, train, get into the NFL mindset. I'm all about that. I I think that's really undervalued nowadays with a lot of people. You know, draft capital is, you know, says a lot. But how many of these fourth, fifth, sixth round running backs do we see that get opportunity? Yeah, I think Kendra Miller is one of those guys where if he does get it and he does well, He's also going to be future trade value for you because I'm not sure if he's the guy who can sustain another free agency class and another draft class with, you know, higher rated running backs that have better athleticism and more nuance as a running back. So I think he'll actually build value for where you take him in rookie drafts this year. You got a juicy landing spot for him in mind? Actually, you know, what's funny. I I thought of Chicago. Um, (laughs) I really, I really like. Uh, I mean, obviously the Dolphins are going to be one yeah. that I have my yeah. eye on. Um, you know, I, I thought the Chiefs were going to be one until we saw what happened with Pacheco. And I think Pacheco, I don't want to ruin that for him. I, I love yeah, right. that. And I want to see him kind of flourish. So, I, I, you know what? I'm not too sure because nowadays it's a committee anyway. Mm-hmm. So no matter where he lands, I do believe that he has the skill set to either be just as good as the guys who are on the depth chart behind the immediate starter and compete to get above that depth chart to be a backup or at least a special teams contributor right away. Gotcha. All right. That makes sense. What about, um, what, what would have to change to move him up NFL boards or even rookie drafts that that draft capital probably is pretty much the only thing left. That's the only thing we got, man. I mean, 
we don't have a combine. We don't have a pro day. I mean, I almost want to wrap them in a bubble so nothing else can possibly happen to them. You know what I mean? Um, but yeah, all we got, all we got is draft capital and you know, it's scheme fit a lot of times with NFL teams. And I think that he's just going to have to land with the right team that knows exactly how to use, utilize his skill set, or understand that patience is involved with this guy. So, and I, I think he's more of a zone runner. I mean, he run, he ran a lot more zone at TCU than he did as, as a, you know, a gap formation. So any type of zone team there, you know, even a backup for Jonathan Taylor. Um, I think they have Zach Moss there anyway, but just, just that type of scheme would work beautifully for a guy like this. So I think it's really going to be scheme dependent too. And that's, that's the fluctuation NFL teams are going to have of whether or not he fits what they want to do. Well, Jason, we, you can tell we've been doing these for a little while now. You, uh, you literally answered my next question with that one. Cause I was curious. Oh, did I? Yeah, no, that's great. Cause Mike, um, usually I'm pretty good at like <laughs> holding back. And like, you kind of no, that one, here. that one's perfect because it just led right into the NFL teams. Um, question where it was like oh you know chicago is a juicy landing spot thinking of another one it took you right to scheme and i think honestly landing spots are a bunch of guesses if you it's better to talk about scheme anyway because then when whatever team does wind up drafting him we can listen back to this profile our listeners can listen back to this profile remind them what you said of kendra miller and remember oh zone scheme ah he's on a team like that you know and get excited again so i love that you brought that up and um well, you know what? Actually, I'm pulling up because I did kind of put out uh, when I did his profile on, on Thanksgiving. Um, I had the Cardinals as a great landing spot for him. The mm-hmm. Panthers, Cowboys, Texans, eh, until Damian Pierce kind of jumped off the chart. I don't want to ruin that for him either because yep. I have some I have some shares of Pierce. I'm not <laughs> go, I don't want to mess that up. Uh, Saints, Eagles, 49ers really fit the mold really well. Right. And the Commanders. So those are teams that really stood out to me as far as where he would fit pretty nicely. I like that Cardinals one. Yeah, I think the Cardinals one would be great. As a matter of fact, when I when I did my profile with Brandon back in Thanksgiving, I said Keontae Ingram was a good comp for him. Mm. I saw very similar, very similar skill set as far as how they run. Ingram is a much better pass catcher, and I think that really put Ingram on the map. But just the size, the the way they run, using a stiff arm, spin moves. I mean, there, there was very much similarities there. So, uh I like the Cardinals too. It's it's tough, man. That's the hard part because we don't want to ruin some of the already yeah. shares that we have, you know. So this is kind of gets uh, tough with this one. I was just on with uh, Swags last week, and I said this is my favorite and least favorite time of the year because like we're stuck right. in between all of our guesses and talking about our guesses a hundred different ways to just getting the answers to the test. Like we're gonna get the I answers. Know. They're like it's right Draft around the corner. Come already, man. Yeah. So it, it, it needs it needs to happen. Yeah. And you know what? You, you said it perfectly. Too. Too, because as excited as I am, mm-hmm. it could blow a lot oh, yeah. of what I have on my rosters out of the water and absolutely, you know, make things a lot more difficult. But that's yeah. that's part of the game. That's and that's why goes. you need to be in multiple leagues. Take some of the pain. Yes. Out of it. yes. Diversify <laughs> your portfolio, people. Yeah, this is a tough one. This is a tough one for Miller. But I think it's because I have I have a I have an answer to this one. Um, OK. Where does Miller rank talent-wise um, using last year's RB class as a barometer? Ooh. Yeah, I told you it was a tough Man, one. Man, that is a tough one. Um, Ah, God. You know, he's very similar to Damian Pierce to me. 
Um, it's funny just with how that, they was, run, I think, that was going to be mine. Yeah. I, I think, I think maybe in that Pierce area, talent wise, right. That's what you're asking. Yep. Talent wise. That's correct. Yeah. Yep. yeah I could, I could see that that similar type of area for him talent wise with Damian Pierce. Yeah. And honestly, and, Pierce, Pierce didn't have a profile, right. That Miller didn't. has Pierce didn't have no 1300 yard season. You know, Pierce was no. a, a committee back never right. had the full role. So we're not comparing them in that way at all. But, but there's something about Kendra Miller that has like upside wise, ceiling wise, Damian Pierce vibes to me. Um, it, it does. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know why, because I don't yep. think that there's a similarity as far as what we can there isn't. project based yeah. on looking at their collegiate profiles. There isn't. But <laughs> man, there's just, there's a internal gut feeling. Yeah. Just, yeah. I, I it's a little bit of it. A little bit about. of it's the, the tenacity, the, you know, um, yeah. that type, the will, like you had mentioned before, just the imposing will. your will yeah. on a player. I, I, that was one of my favorite things about Damian Pierce. It's one of my favorite thing about NFL players, period. Right. Um, yeah. Uh, I yeah, think so Pierce has better pad level. I think that's another thing I probably should have brought up. I think uh, Miller can run too high. And that's, again, I don't think he understands how to actually run as a running back at the next level yet. I don't think he's gotten to that point. I think he's still learning. And I that's where the intrigue, he could be, He honestly, he could be a definition of a boomer bust. He really could. Mm. He could boom getting with the right team, with the right coaching staff to coach him up correctly. Or he could bust just staying where he is now because if he stays where he is now and does not develop, that's, that's going to bust him right out of the NFL. I'm rooting for him. Let's see oh, what I'm, happens. Of course I am. I want to talk about him, so of course I'm rooting for him. <laughs> so before before I let you out of here, is there anything yeah. that we missed um, regarding Kendra Miller's profile that our listeners need to hear before we uh, move on? Yeah, I think just some of the analytics also kind of help, you know, and, I, you know, we don't have a huge profile over his collegiate career. But, Correct. you know, last year he was 16th in college fantasy PPR points, which is something that, you know, there's been a, a bit of correlation there. Uh, he had 264 PPR fantasy points, 16th overall in all of college football. That's saying a lot. Average 1.31 touchdowns per game in 2022. 15 of those touchdowns that he had was versus power five conference, uh, 33% total offensive dominator rating. Uh, he's got that be a buy. We like it almost 30, 29.8. He averaged 6.2 yards per attempt. That's 3.61 yards after contact. So he keeps his legs moving through contact. And I love that about him too. And he's going to be, the, one of the youngest running backs, mm. 20 years old at the time of the draft. His his birthday is June 11th, or yeah, June 11th. So that that young age is going to really help him too, because not only is he still learning, he's still really young. Yeah, that's so great. There, there's so much opportunity for growth for him. He's not these Rashad Whites that are coming in at 23, 24 years old. Like he's going to be super young and. On a dynasty roster, I have more patience with that than I would like Rashad White or somebody else coming in where, you know, it's almost like how much more time do you need before we see that regression at age 27, 28? I mean, yeah. that'll happen pretty quick for him. Yep. I mean, we got six, seven years. 
I'll yeah, take that all day long. With a running back, I mean, there's, yeah. Um, I'm so glad you mentioned that towards the end. I love that you hit the analytics at the end of these profiles. I love hearing the other side of the coin. And then on top of that, just to to remind us of the age, I had forgotten. I think we get we get so buried into these profiles, they start to meld together and and we forget certain key characteristics like age, you know, because we yeah. they're all rookies. So like, ah, age, um, you only know like the youngest ones and the oldest ones. You don't know anybody in between. But uh, at right. running back, the age thing is so, so, so important. It, it really is. Now, I will say this too. I've gotten to the conclusion that even if there is an older running back like Najee Harris or someone like that, that's it, it really is is only the first contra- contract where we see the most value anyway. Sure. But I am more, I, it's easier to say I'll have more patience with a guy that I know is so young that even if he does get on his next roster, he's going to be 24, 25 years old. I know. Isn't that you know, crazy? Even as a backup, yeah. meaning that there's still opportunity for him in his second contract to continue developing and possibly showcase himself. That, that, there's a lot of value there, man. So who is your guy in this year's draft? Who are you hanging your hat on? And then who will you not touch and everyone's going to overdraft? Um, I mean, the guy that I'm hanging my hat on at this point, I think I was probably just trying to not go for the low-hanging fruit, but yeah. it's going to be Jackson Smith and Jacob for me. Yeah, man. I mean, I can hang my hat on him all day long. I've, I, I, he, It's an easy one. Yeah. You know, it really is. And I would say the guy that I'm not touching, for me, it's Zach Evans. I just don't feel comfortable mm. with him, man. I, I see too many holes in this game. Um, I know that there's been a lot of people coming out and putting some great videos out there, you know, just trying to, you know, s- save the profile and kind of reclaim him as being one of these top running backs. Uh, you know, I've watched these guys for a very, very long time. I still don't see it. Yeah, Brandon sent me some cuts when you guys were were digging in hard, and um, he didn't lead me to water at all. He just said, what do you think about this player? And, and um wasn't overly impressed myself had some remarks and uh, i guess maybe maybe validated some of of what he was concerned about it and then of course i heard you guys do a profile on him watch some more tape and still kind of feel the same way to be quite honest so yeah I feel yeah you. it's it's one thing when uh there really there isn't a lot of analytics on a first player and the film and that's what i'm saying like there's got to be marriage i really think analytics are important i think film's important if those two combine you can feel good about a player. You know, that's right. that's when you start feeling like I can put my stamp on him. I didn't see either with Zach Evans. To me, that's that tough. that screams flag. That yeah. that's a flag for me. Yeah. Jason, thank you so very much. I could not have done uh, the show without you. Please tell everyone where they can find you, your content, or anything else you have coming up that you want to just promote. Well, Mike, I appreciate you having me on, and uh, I love what you guys do. Thanks. Rookie, rookie fever, man. Love it. Every <laughs> single year. You guys, you guys keep me on board with everything that's going on. I love all the profiles, too. Um, but, yeah, you can find me uh, at All Purpose Scout. I'm at DeviWatch.com. Um, I'm with Brandon Lejeune on his Debbie to Dynasty YouTube channel. We are doing profiles on all these rookies. And now we are finally getting into some college players. We, just, Like I said, we just got done doing Jace McClellan. And now we're going to start rocking and rolling with some of those film breakdowns. And uh, we have the podcast, Debbie to Dynasty podcast. And we're going to be talking a lot more about these rookies for just a few more weeks. And then shifting gears and going crazy with some Debbie over the summer. Love it. Love it. Love listening to you guys as well. Thanks again, Jason. And thank you, our listeners, for allowing us to hit your ears. This is the Rookie Fever podcast. Please do not forget to rate and review. You, and please do not forget to be awesome. When you kiss me, fever when you hold me tight. Fever in the morning, fever all through the night. 
Everybody's got the fever That is something you all know Fever isn't such a new thing Fever started long ago now Who got the one-on-one scouting has never done this to be throw and run I told you anyone Size and speech just unreal Landing spot not ideal Wait, wait, just break out They full rookie fever stage Romeo loved Juliet Juliet, she felt the same when he put his arms around her, he said, Julie, baby, you're my friend. Now we get a fever. When we kiss it, fever without planning you. Fever, I'm a fire. Fever, yeah, I burn for soup. Cause I got the fever, now you got the fever, so she got the fever, and he got the fever, no cure for the fever, so let's feed the fever, thank God for the fever, thank God for the fever.